Hello everyone, I am Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends and sisters to do the same. This episode is part of a special series highlighting our sisters in small business. I grew up in a family who owned and operated a small business, and I partner with my husband to do the same. Every day brings a new adventure, and I am so excited to share this series featuring our sisters in small business as they share their inspiration, their challenges, their success, and their advice for anyone looking to start a side hustle or branch out on their own. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Hello, Crystal Dunning. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I am excited. As you know, and our sisters who have been listening, this is part of a series that highlights our sisters in small business. And that, of course, includes you. And I love everything about what you do, and we will get to all of those fun things that are Florida Lee. But first, let's start at the beginning and share with us your AOPI story. Yeah, so I um, I initiated in 2012, and I will say I did not go into college thinking I was going to join Greek life. It was not for me. Um, I had watched the TV show Greek and decided I didn't want to have anything to do with <laughs> Greek life on campus. Um, but you know, I got to campus and uh, at Northwestern State University in Natchitoches, Louisiana, um, and I just I was amazed by the women I saw in Greek life there. Right, so I'd only been on campus for maybe a week or so, and all of the people who I thought, "Oh, I want to be involved like that one day," or "I want to do something like this one day," um, they were all Greek and. That's not to say that Greek is the only way to go. I think there's some people who decided not to, to, to join Greek life, and it worked out very well for them because of their personalities and what they were trying to accomplish. But I saw that, and it resonated with me, and I thought, okay, well, what are the options? Um, and nobody in my family um, had ever really talked about Greek life. I have an older sister um, who was Greek, but she never really talked to me about it. Um, and so it was kind of like this unknown world, except for what I had seen on TV. Um, and I have to say, I was thoroughly surprised going through the entire process and, and meeting all of the different women. And honestly, I think it was the first time that I myself started to think of myself as a young woman instead of a girl, right? You switch from high school to college. And that, I think, sparked something in me. So, um, yeah, I met some of my closest friends um my undergrad roommate and I still talk all the time in fact I called her just now before before this recording I was like hey doing this thing she was half asleep because she's in California right now so time zones are all messed up but um but yeah I think it it just really it really has been um a good experience for me overall 
Um, you know, I finished my undergrad degree and then moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, um, and got to be a part of the alumna chapter there. So that was fun and exciting. Um, and when I went for my audition, I got to stay in the house. And so, um, yeah, it was, it's just been really, it's been really interesting to see um, how from initiation now through this stage, how things have transitioned, but how I'm still an AOPI and how that hasn't changed, you know? I do, and I love this because it is what, it is the story we try to share with all of our young collegiate women that AOPI is absolutely what you make of it, right? And, and it can be a part of your life at any given moment and and support you wherever you are. So I love that and I love your story. So let's talk about where you are. Let's talk about Florida Lee. And for people that don't know, we should probably explain what the Florida Lee is and what it represents and all the good things that go with that too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, start at the beginning so my my passion I have a lot of them but the passion that sparked this was music and my love of teaching and um, and really making music accessible and so Fleurly Studios started as just my way of teaching I've been teaching voice um, and piano, and, and I really wanted something that um, I could give my own spin to, I guess you could say. Um, part of the reason why I chose not to teach in the public school or even private school setting was because um, I just wanted the authority to teach the way I saw my students needed it. Um, and because I felt like music, especially private voice lessons and piano lessons, um, were very different and very intimate. I wanted the autonomy to say, I think this student needs um, some extra time working on something like this. And so the curriculum um, kind of offset me overall uh, when it came to teaching in, in a more structured setting. So anyways, <laughs> all that to say, that is where the studio itself came from. Now the online studio um, came from recently when I moved from Lincoln, Nebraska, I had to leave all of my students behind. And I should specify that I was teaching under my own name. That um, So I was teaching as Crystal Dunning. And then I decided, I really want to you know, make this a little bit more professional. I want to put a name to it. And uh, so I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I decided to name the studio after something that was near and dear to my heart from South Louisiana, which is the Florida Lee. And I should tell you, I went back and forth because there's two spellings. And so um, you can spell Lee, L-Y-S or L-I-S. And it's actually more commonly spelled L-I-S, but I liked the Y, thought it was prettier um, in graphic design. <laughs> and, um, and it really just helped me feel connected to you know, my, my roots. So I have moved around a lot. I didn't move around a lot when I was younger. But um, somehow naming the studio after something that is so symbolic here uh, in my hometown, I mean, you see it everywhere. Right? It's in my parents' house, it's decorations, it's 
um, on logos all over the place. And so it just really helped me feel connected to my roots, even though I was developing the studio in Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, I got the studio up and running and then um, life happened and I decided to move back, back home and I had to leave all of my students behind, which was probably one of the saddest things I've ever had to do. And I also was very disheartened by it because I was um, an affordable option for people. Um, you know, I, and I was qualified and I don't mean to say that people, um, I say I'm qualified because I had my master's degree in voice at that point. And I think that there are people who don't have a degree in music at all and are excellent <laughs> music teachers and you can learn a lot from them. But I think, um, you know, when parents are looking for, well, I want my student, I want my child to study with someone who knows what they're talking about, who is going to make sure that they're having a good experience and who I can also afford, I felt like I offered that for people. And so I was really disheartened to have to leave um, all of my students behind. And I kind of told myself, I didn't want to have to do that again. And so that's where the online studio came from. And mind you, this was back in July of last year, so in July of 2019. Um, and I kind of took a little break, um, particularly from social media, because I had stopped advertising almost completely for lessons. Um, because I didn't know how to do all my lessons. <laughs> And, um, I think it's right, fair it's like, to say we don't always know. Like sometimes we're figuring it out as we go, right? Oh, exactly, exactly. Um, so I had no idea what I was doing. And I had a couple students that were willing to kind of let me test it out. But um, it's a completely different experience taking lessons online and teaching lessons online. Um, you know, there's like lags in the technology. And so you're trying to decide, did they sing that note wrong? Or did it just pause? Or you're trying to figure out all these different things. And so um, by this time, I really felt ready to advertise for everything. And I was like, oh, I have a structure. This is my business plan. Um, I know how many students I can accommodate. All of these things, right? I had it all planned out. Well, then March comes along of this year, and COVID-19 happens. The longest and I March in not, history. The day, the day um, my full-time job, I work at a university, the day the university announced that we were going to be working from home was the same day my first registration social media post was scheduled to go out. And I mean, I had these bad boys lined out over Facebook and everything, and I thought, well... Now it just seems gimmicky. Like, it just seems like I'm just doing it because of COVID-19. Um, if it helps your feelings so, at all, all of the other places that I know shifted didn't do it that same day. So I think everyone <laughs> knew you had a plan, right? <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, but so, I, and so I, I deleted all of the posts because I also, at the time, then I thought, well, I had this worked into my you know, my schedule as it was. And now I have to figure out, well, how do I do online lessons and work from home? And um, if you know me, you know that I can only handle so much screen time, not because um, I don't love the screen, probably more than I should, but because it hurts my eyes. And my, my um, college roommate would, would always make fun of me I'd be looking for my glasses and she's like you can't see without your glasses and I was like I know I can't see without my glasses and so I'm like 
I was trying to decide really honestly if I could truly work from home full time. So spend eight hours a day in front of a screen and teach in front of a screen as well. Because, um, you know, looking at the schedule, it was like an added four or so many hours of like, Zoom meetings or, um, and this could be on any given day, right? I'm adding two to four more hours of screen time. Um, and so that was a concern for me. And so um, I just stopped. And I, I was also, I was just panicked a little bit. I was scared. I was sure. like, oh, I don't know what to do now. Um, and what I did end up deciding to do after I slept on it for a couple of nights was, um, was to really pick apart what was bothering me, right? It took me a couple of nights to even figure out that I needed to pick apart what was bothering me. That's how scared I was. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I spent some I spent some time just thinking about why I wanted to start the studio in the first place, and what what really resonated with me was I think I was scared not just because I thought people would think I was being gimmicky by starting an online studio or um, knowing that other people were going to be doing this now and feeling like, oh, Crystal, if you had just done it earlier, you really could have been the first. And now you're going to, you know, now you're going to lose that. But it was honestly that the whole reason I started this was so that I could be accessible to more people, um, more affordable. And during COVID-19, that wasn't a th- that, you know, like music lessons, paying that, paying for music lessons can be burdensome. Um, so in April and May, we did free lessons, which I will tell you was both the best and worst <laughs> business decision <laughs> I have ever made. I, I kind of feel like I, I understand that feeling. <laughs> but but talk about that a little bit. Like when you say it was the best part unpack that and then we can peel away the layers yeah um it was hands down the best because it really caused me to even now reorient and refocus right why is the online studio even what i wanted to do um why why did i spend so many months researching video platforms and cameras and microphones i don't know anything about that right i'm I just want to sing. I just want to teach you how to sing and I want to teach you how to play the piano and I want to help you be more musical and I want to help you learn from it and grow as a person. I don't really, really care for the tech side of things. Um, But I spent all of those months researching that and researching, um, you know, management platforms and all of these other things because I wanted it to be a quality experience, right? I didn't just want to hop on FaceTime and start singing over the phone with someone. I wanted it to be structured like a lesson um, so that the student felt, even though we're not one-on-one or in-person, that they still had, um, I don't wanna say structure again, but they still had that, um, I was still committed to it, right? It wasn't a passing thought for me, or it wasn't just like, oh, let me hop on the, hop on FaceTime and like get your money today and like teach you how to sing a few things, right? Like this is an investment Um, in you as a person you're making a financial investment in you as a person and so i'm going to reflect that in your your digital experience um so best decision ever because i really 
have had to go back to the drawing board and think about those things again and remind myself constantly that um, if I am not the best online studio in the world, if I am still providing quality music lessons to people and, and staying true to the initial intent, then right that's that's all i can do now of course i want to be the best online music studio in the world cause because why not <laughs> but um yes. but really taking that pressure off of myself and thinking more uh, and just thinking more deeply like why do i really want to do this what is the real purpose and so that is the wonderful thing that came of it because you do have a real purpose it's to create beautiful music to share that gift and to provide that in an accessible way for so many people. And yet the challenging part of that, like there's the best and the worst, what was the worst part right. of that? Oh, the worst part, and it sounds horrible, but it it's that I didn't make any money those two months. And it, <laughs> it was- It does not sound horrible, it's a business. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's a business. And so I really had to reshape my thought process on that too. Um, because as much as I want it to be accessible, I also understand that if I'm going to continue to do this as a business, that has to make money. Correct. Um, right? Yes. <laughs> so it has to make money. Um, but I think what I, what that has taught me is that I have to value what I offer. Um, and that's because, right, I'm dreaming big. So at some point I see there's multiple teachers, multiple instruments, and I can only teach voice and piano. That's it. <laughs> um, but that there's teachers who can also teach violin and teach cello or teach guitar. And if I am not valuing what we can offer and pricing it accordingly, um, then I'm setting us up for failure. And that has been a lesson that I have had to learn. Um, while also keeping in mind making it affordable for people, um, which has made me question things that I hadn't really thought about before, right? You know, is there a way that I can have financial aid and what does that look like and how do people qualify? And is it an honor system? And do I have to get a lawyer if it's not an honor system because I'm not going to get a lawyer, so then we're just going to do it on the honor system, <laughs> right? Like all of these <laughs> different things that I have to think about now but it's good because it's challenging me, right? Um, I have had to rethink price points, you know, how much is too much for an online lesson? And should an online lesson be extraordinarily cheaper than an in-person lesson, um, right? It, it's, it's coming, it's kind of working through all of those things and talking to people about what they're doing, um, which can be intimidating, right? Because it's it's not like um, the nonprofit world where everybody's trying to help everybody. The business world tends to be a little bit more um, competitive, rightfully so. But um, but it really is. It's kind of it's it's taking down those personal guards um, to figure out what what has to be done for the good of the business and for the good of the people the business serves. 100%. You know, um, as someone who has been in small business for what is now, my gosh, nearly 17 years, I guess, that's 
always the challenge, right? Because there's always going to be someone that you want to do something nice for. And yet, if you give all of your knowledge and services away, then you can't help anyone because there won't be a business left. And so there is very much a balance. And you're right about people in business. It's hard to learn trade secrets, right? And it's funny because when we train staff, and our, I say women because we are a team exclusively of women that work with our doctor, and someone is explaining you know, how they know that step A, B, and C equals the right outcome. It's not because we're crazy smart geniuses, it's because we've done it for so many years, we worked through all the chaos to figure it out, right? Like, don't let the, the same mistakes happen to everyone. And, and it is, I would love to take credit for being always the smartest woman in the room, but that's just not life, right? Yeah. And, and I find it, it is challenging sometimes across any industry to learn what does work, what doesn't, how do you, how do you set pricing and still recover what, what the value of what you are giving is. And I have to tell you, I think the value is amazing as someone who is not naturally musical, I have two boys that are. They both play various guitars and they can write music and play music and do these crazy things that blow my mind. But of course, I didn't teach them that and it is an investment. What I love most about what you do is to give you a little silver lining to come. The the studio that my boys have been with since they were respectively about, I guess, five and seven-ish, six and eight-ish. Um, was one person and his at the time girlfriend and she did some instruments and he did others and now they have a studio that has all the instruments and all the things and and all of this and yet from an accessibility standpoint it was fine when he had a handful of clients and came to our home but now we drive an hour north of town and carve that time out of our world and And at this point, 10 years in, it's worth every minute and every cent, but it's hard to to express that to new people who don't yet know the value of what that can be in your life or your child's life and can assign that value and and set aside not only that time, but that money to Mm -hmm. give your child that experience or to give yourself that experience. There are as many adults, I think, learning in that studio as there are children. But I love that it's accessible because while my children now can drive back and forth by themselves, they couldn't for so many years. So if there was a conflict with my work, they couldn't hop on and have their standing session and still gain that knowledge. So I think where you are going with it is phenomenal, even if everyone else has sort of jumped on board the virtual bandwagon as it may be. So I love this. Tell me, for people who are interested in learning, what do they need to have to go into? Obviously, when you talk about singing, I would assume, and that's a big word because I don't do it, but I would assume they could just get on with you like we're doing with whatever platform you use. But when you talk about things like piano, you have to have access to something, right? Like what, Mm -hmm. if people are interested in getting started with something like this, 
what would they need to have outside of finding you and signing up for lessons? Is it a keyboard? Is it access to a piano in someone's home twice a week? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think um, it definitely varies for each instrument um, in terms of setup. What I found uh, for voice is it's very important to the setup itself is more important, I guess you should say. Um, I have some students that have, I guess you could say, invested in like a microphone and a stand um, because they are standing the whole time and you're not looking down at your computer doing this, which is just really horrible. Oh, I guess this is a podcast, so they're not going to be able to see my head. But I'm looking <laughs> down, basically, guys. Um, but it even changes how you hear it when you do that. Right. It changes, well, it changes so much just for the singer, right? Like, nobody, you can't sing like this. Um, and so it's little things like that that I've had to, to work through. And I would say if someone were interested in taking lessons online, um, it would be to contact whoever you're going to take lessons from. And for me, if I have someone that is interested in voice, I tell them to make sure that they have a space um, where they can set their computer up um, at a level where they can look into the camera and be standing, basically. So they need to be able to stand. Um, and then for piano, it's just having the, the camera set up in a way so that I can see the hands of the of the student. And so we kind of do maybe some like trial and error and some test runs. I will say, though, um, that those are nitpicky things, right? Those are the things that I want you to do and that I think you should have because they'll make your lesson experience, you know, 45 times better. And um, they're just, it's a, it's just a nicer experience. But I will say that don't let that stop you. Um, if you find someone that does online lessons and they're a good match for you, you know, um, in terms of, their teaching philosophy and what you want to learn, go for it. If you have to have your phone and make it work on your phone, make it work. Um, because I do think that more than anything, it is about having music in your life, but the influence music can have. Um, our unofficial tagline right now for the studio is more than music lessons. Oh, I like that. that yeah, um, I've been sitting with that for a little bit for like, it's um, kind of been in and out as a tagline since we started, but I really like it because I think that you grow as a person through music um, and through studying music and you have to discipline yourself and um, you have to have self-compassion and you have to respect, I won't say love because sometimes it's hard to love it, but you have to respect <laughs> the process. Yes. You have to understand that today you are not as good as you're going to be in five months. And that doesn't mean that you're not qualified to sing or to share music today. It just means that you have something to look forward to and you have to trust the process. Um, and maybe that was a horrible way of explaining the process, but that's what I have to tell myself personally is that this performance that you're giving today is the best that you can do right now and it's still good enough even though you know that in two years you're going to keep practicing and you're going to sound different and you hope to be better it doesn't invalidate what you can offer today 
And so I think through music lessons, my goal is that everyone can learn that. And through online music lessons, it's accessible. And let me clarify when I say accessible, I, I realize that, um, that there's still work to be done even in saying that because yes, I'm, I'm putting it in people's homes, but then there's still, right? How do you work through people who might not have access to internet? or people who um, just truly cannot afford music lessons. And that's the audience that I want the studio to serve. And I don't know how we're gonna do it yet. Um, and to be honest, I don't know if it's possible yet, but I think through this studio, my goal is to make it possible. What a wonderful goal to have though. That's amazing. So let me ask you something. How, if yes. someone is interested in learning from you or hears this podcast and says, I think I would like to learn to sing or I took piano as a child and had a little bit of, of um, talent for it or even just enjoyed it. How do they go about, is there a consultation first to see how that works and then you set up, you know, would you meet monthly or weekly or whatever, or how does it work to, to get connected with you should anyone be interested in Florida Lee? Uh, yeah, so my Facebook page right now is our primary um, method of business. I, um, we have a website. <clears throat> although it's undergoing construction right now because it's it's kind of coming up to, to meet all of these digital standards and all of these things. So right now we're using the Facebook page. And so if someone were to send a message or to leave a comment on a post, I'm able to get in contact with them that way. Um, but yes, it does. It starts primarily with a consultation where we, we sit and we chat and we go through philosophies. Um, what do you want to gain? Um, what can I offer? And I do that because I don't ever want to, I don't ever, and I say this very strongly, I don't ever want to sign someone up for lessons just to take their money. Sure. Um, it's not fun for me to teach someone if I know that I can't teach them well. I don't get any gratification out of that. Um, if I, Especially when I know that there's a teacher out there that can work well with them. Um, that's not what I'm here for. And so, um, yeah, it starts with the consultation and I kind of go over my teaching philosophies, particularly um, when parents are signing up their, their kiddos. I, I go through um, my philosophy for teaching, for teaching children and um, I go very, 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 um, very in depth when it comes to teaching voice for younger younger students. In, in fact, if they're under 16, we have a very firm conversation about what voice lessons will be, will be like. And for some parents, that's not what they're looking for. Some parents, you know, they want someone who's going to work with their child because their child wants to go and compete on a competition show, or they want to start recording and making record deals. And um, it's not that I think that there's anything wrong with that. That's just not what I do. Um, I work more specifically on let's make sure your instrument is healthy. Um, let's figure out what you want to accomplish with your voice. And um, let's introduce you to a variety of styles so you can see what you're actually interested in. I can't tell you how many students um, come in and they're like, I want to sing Frozen. I'm like, that's great. And then they're like, do you sing Frozen? 
And I'm like, no, I actually just finished uh, this art song, song cycle. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, here's this German song cycle. Here, go listen to it. And they're like, this is really cool. And I'm like, I know it's really cool. That's why I like have a degree in it. But it's really interesting to kind of open their eyes and say, just because you are used to singing Frozen doesn't mean that you can't sing these other things. And I got way off topic because I can ramble about this kind of stuff all day. But um, to answer your question, they, people can go to my Facebook page and shoot me a message and I will get back to, um, I will get back to those messages and we can discuss how to move forward. Well then, so let me ask one last question. What is a piece of advice that you would offer any of our sisters who are looking to maybe start their own small business, whatever that may be? I think I would have to, honestly, it's a piece of advice I recently received and it is to do it scared. And I did not, um, when this, when it, when it was said to me, I was like, what? Dude, it's, I don't want to be scared. Like, but what, what are you talking about? Um, but it really challenged me to think. I cannot think of a single aspect of this business um, where I have done something and I haven't been terrified. I mean, even to posting things, right? And I, and I say this not to be uppity, but right? Like I have a master's degree and I was terrified about posting something on Facebook because I was like, I'm going to misspell something. I'm going <laughs> right? to like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And don't, wouldn't you know, I actually misspelled something in one of my recent posts. And I was like, oh, Crystal, this is horrible. And then I, I just was like, well, go edit it. Just go edit it. Right. It's fine. Just go and edit it. And, and, and no one said anything. And, and it was, it, it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought. And I realized that if I continued to push myself to do things, even if I was afraid of doing them, that, um, how do I say it? <clears throat> that the product or the the experience, I'm lost for words here, but essentially the outcome wasn't as bad as I thought, right? If I pushed myself to do something, even though I was scared, now scared, not unprepared, I yes. will say that. There's a difference. <laughs> there's, there's a difference. Um, but if I pushed myself to do it, even though I was scared, that I would surprise myself most of the time and that it would kind of become addictive in a way right like oh I can do this well I'm going to do this and I can do this and I can do this and then you start to even though you might still be scared you start to develop this I'm going to keep going I'm going to keep going and I will tell you that when my college roommate hears this she's going to laugh at me because I'm she's she's on me all the time about just doing it and 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 just not um just not letting myself get in my own way so I would say do it scared and surprise yourself. Well, so I said I had one last question, but I think I lied because I do need to know one more thing before we go. And okay. that is you are obviously all about music. You have now referenced Frozen and German music. What are you listening to now? Like if I pulled up your playlist of the day, what would that be? 
All right, I'm not going to cheat. I'm actually going to pull up my phone and look right now because I have been known to listen to a wide variety of things. So let's see. I will say I have watched Hamilton on repeat. I downloaded Disney Plus so that I could watch Hamilton on repeat. So and it that is was worth every minute. I love it. <laughs> love it. Um, Even the moments that I catch my breath a little bit I'm like oh I still love it like all of it (laughs) I yeah I I think it is just musically well done and I love hearing the composer talk about um, what inspired him to to write it and his process and all of those things but um besides that uh let's see lo-fi which is a pandora and it might be lo-fi I actually don't know. I've never said it out loud now that I think about it. It's just Pandora Station that I listen to while I work, uh, which is a great one if you can't listen to people singing. It's just like really nice background music. Um, Let's see. This is Adele. I think I was working with this student, so that's why Adele is in here. She Well, no, actually, I love Adele, but it's in here most recently because I was working with the student on it. Um... I've got some handle arias in here. Love handle, good old handle. I was listening to Roxanne yesterday with my sister. Let's see. I sound great at that when I'm in my car, and it's just me, and no one else can hear it, right? <laughs> I mean, I sound yeah. Everyone sounds great when they're in the car. Car and shower, favorite places to sing, hands down. Yes. Um, let's see. I'm sure there's probably some other random things, but. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just a lot of those other things of this, what we've already said. Um, I would say probably my go-to station when it's on shuffle is anything from jazz to Broadway to classical. Um, it's just a good mix. I just, uh, I enjoy singing in and of itself. Well, and I think that's probably appropriate given what you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Crystal, not only do you have the greatest name, I appreciate you so much for joining us and sharing about your experiences, particularly as you are getting all of this live and online. I will post with um, with the hashtag and also connect to you and your studio so that anyone listening can find you. And thank you for sharing your music and your talent with all of us. And to everyone out there listening, thank you as always. And until next time, stay safe and be well.